I'm just, I would, you know, I think Brian, you, you're, you're alluding to something I think we'd all agree. And that is, I'm not convinced the human frame is designed to carry 30, 40, 50, 60 extra pounds and swing it as hard as they do, as much as they do and survive. Um, you know, I, I have to believe you know, as much as I'm rooting for, I root for the guy because I think it's awesome, like that he's pushing limits that no one's tried. I just, I, I'm not sure it's compatible with the human body and yeah. what we're meant to do. You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. Dr. Timothy Ballum, he is an orthopedic surgeon with a focus on comprehensive diagnosis and treatment of knee and shoulder disorders. Dr. Ballum is a sports medicine fellowship trained orthopedic surgeon with a subspecialty in sports medicine. Dr. Ballum utilizes the most advanced techniques with sports medicine philosophy focused on returning patients to normal activity as quickly as possible. Dr. Ballum, welcome to the show. Quite an impressive resume you have here. We are damn glad to have you join us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited. You know, first time uh, I've been a long time listener, first time, uh, first time guest. And we have our co-hosts Trevor and Brian as usual with us this week. Trevor and Brian, how are we doing today? Pretty well, Jared. Uh, thanks. Yeah, doing good. Excited to uh, explore why I wake up hurting every morning. And the true reason we had Dr. Ballum on this week is I am aching from playing. Brian, I think you have some aches and pains from playing recently as well. Yeah, I don't know if it's about um, playing golf or just sleeping. Uh, one of the two. I, I wake up pretty sore every morning though. So yeah, legs, back, lower back is a big one for me. So I was going to say he should probably play more golf. He'll feel way better. Oh, I like it. I like it. Already, I like you. You're, you're my favorite guest. Dr. Ballum, you completed your fellowship in Vail, Colorado and worked with Olympic athletes during that time. Can you tell us a little more about that experience? And working with Olympic athletes and average regular dads like myself and Trevor and Brian here, what is the biggest difference with sports and injuries? Um, like what we just talked about, dads getting hurt while sleeping. There's really no difference. Uh, you know, we're all built the exact same way. No, I mean, I think the the biggest difference you see is for those of us who, you know, have full-time jobs and uh, full-time parents, the focus tends not to be on our bodies and taking care of ourselves. We're probably better at taking care of everybody else around us. And so I think as we age, the number one factor is we probably all need to do a better job of taking care of ourselves first. So stretching, staying in shape, eating better. Um, Taco Bell doesn't lead to feeling great in the morning all the time. So as much as I Aww, like it. Yeah, least right? favorite guest now. <laughs> right. Sorry. So, and, and again, I think that's, I, I would say that that's the biggest difference. I mean, you get to these elite athletes and that's their only focus for most of them or a lot of them, or it's their main focus at that time. So, um, you know, when you have a team of trainers and everybody working around the clock to make you better, uh, you just think what well, we'd all shoot. We, we, we'd all be, we'd all be single digits. It'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, what was your favorite thing working with, uh, the Olympic athletes up there in Vail? I, um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm like you guys, I think I'm a sports junkie. So just being around, um, athletes that are super driven, super focused. It is, it's loads of fun to take care of those sorts of people who, um, 
really just want to get better faster and get back to the the sport they have a passion for. So, and living, you know, living where Treb and I live, Bend, Oregon has a lot of that. I mean, we, we have a lot of uh, semi-pro amateur wanting to be professional athletes that just have a lot of desire and passion. So it's, that's, it's, it's similar living in Bend, maybe just not to the extreme of uh, our fellowship. Yeah. I know when I come to Bend every time I feel lazy seeing all the active people out uh, people with their kayaks and their bikes, and I'm looking around, and I see Trevor's got bikes on the wall, wondering, geez, I don't even have a bike. They're, they're just for show, Jared. They're just for show. They don't, they don't get used. <laughs> <laughs> Golf is the extent of my athletic prowess at the moment. Well, that's what we all have right now, Jared. We don't we don't have the uh, the 100-meter sprint for us. You know, we'd all blow hammies, so what we're doing right now is we, we have golf. Oh, speak for yourself, Trevor. I mean, hundred hundred meters, hundred yard sprint down the fairway. I, I that's that's where I shine, Doctor Baum. Like we started off talking earlier, I know a lot of our listeners are are wondering what is the most common injury you see with golfers. You know, Trevor and I were talking even before this, and the number one, you know, most common reported injury is generally going to be things associated based on age, but usually with our low back. Um, you know, as you guys know, golf is a, a very rotational sport. And as we age, the spine maybe doesn't age as gracefully. So we lose flexibility and we start doing a rotational sport with a lot of load, um, low back strains, um, disc disease in your low back are going to be probably the most common things we see. And it's, it's happened to me. It's been happening for 15 years now. Um, and that's, that's followed closely probably by elbow elbow and wrist injuries, uh, you know, you, you take that extra fat divot, not that any of us have, and it that that sudden deceleration isn't great for our elbows and our wrists. So I'd say those are by far the most common things we'll see in the clinic. And when you talk about back injuries, do you start seeing that at a certain age range? I mean, like you talk about flexibility, but is that, does that like set in at like in your thirties, forties, when is that, when does that usually happen? Yeah, that's a good question. It it, uh, it happened to me at 31, and I think it happens. You know, if you really look at the the data on this, it would say that it's spread over a wide age range. But the the incidence is going to go up dramatically from 30s, 40s, 50s, um, and then a lot of times the the folks who've had back problems, and you guys have probably heard this. Sometimes they do, if you're lucky, sort of burn themselves out, and so you'll get the the, you'll run into the patient that says, yeah, I had a horrible time in my thirties and forties. And by the time I hit fifties, you know, back problems resolved and they're swinging it. Do you have any advice for any of your patients when they come in uh, to help them with that swing? If they're having those lower back pains to alter their swing to fix those or help those problems? <laughs> I, my patients who've seen me golf want, want none of my advice on their <laughs> swing whatsoever. Uh, it sort of looks like an egg beater. Um, you know, the, the thing I just try to preach and I try to do it myself and I'm terrible at it. I, I do think if you, if you can spend the time becoming as flexible as you can, as you age gracefully, and if you can, you know, sort of really focus on that favorite thing we love to talk about and keep a strong core, that's probably our best bet. Right. And, you know, being judicious about our warm up and not coming in hot and, you know, our, a warm up, you know, probably like a, 12 ounce, uh, warm up doesn't really count. You know, it really Aww. ought to be the, right. <laughs> strike, it really ought to be. Strike two. Strike I know. Two. I'm, I'm losing all kinds of it listeners for you guys right now. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I really think if, if all of us would commit to that five, 10 minute warm up 
we'd probably have a lot less incidence of these low back strains, herniated discs. Um, but it, it, you know, we're as I've listened to you guys before. We're all we're running kids somewhere. We're showing up. We're coming in hot, and we're showing up on the first tee. And you got to impress. You know, I can't let Trevor outdrive me all the time. So we got to swing hard. <laughs> oh. Okay, dads. So if you hear what Dr. Bollum's saying right now, it's your lower back. You need to stretch. You need to stop coming in hot to those tee times, and you need to work on that core. Now, one thing you didn't mention is the shoulder. And one of my most painful golf injuries was actually my shoulder, and it was excruciating for me. It, it took a long time to heal, and it was a point where I could not raise my arm above my shoulder. Is that something you see a lot? And what can you recommend with that shoulder injury? Sure. I mean, you, we, we see a ton of shoulder injuries, especially I would say that one, and I'm sorry to say this to you, that one usually goes up higher with age and you're too young to have that. Um, but you'll, you know, the, the, the incidence of rotator cuff tearing goes basically proportional to, for most extent with, with our age. So, you know, you hit 40s, 50s, 60s, and you start doing some overhead activities at home, and then you bring it to the course. And before you know it, you probably had this, you can't sleep, you can't roll over on that shoulder. Um, you're going to the physical therapist. Um, what, what did you do to get rid of yours? Uh, for me, I did a lot of rest. And I tried icing, of course, and some over-the-counter ibuprofen. And But this was before my daughter. This was pre-kids. And I couldn't raise my arm above the shoulder. So I can't imagine now what I would do with my daughter wanting to be tossed up in the air, thrown around, playing around his dad. Uh, so yeah, a lot of rest for me. I think I stepped away from the game from at least six months. It, it might have been closer to eight months after all was said and done because, as I said, it was excruciating pain for me. And you mentioned uh, elbow injuries. I mean, what specifically type elbow injuries uh, are you seeing from golf injuries? You know, I think in golf, the main one, and you guys are familiar, you guys probably talked about this in your podcast maybe, but I mean, you know, you get the traditional golfer's elbow, which is pain on that inside elbow, inside of your elbow, the side closest to your to your stomach. Um, that's the traditional golfer's elbow that is known as medial epicondylitis. And then pain on the outside of the elbow, which a lot of us who are maybe not as good a golfer or maybe our mechanics aren't great, or you play tennis and golf or you lift weights, that's a little more associated with gripping and that's pain on the outside of the elbow. But I would say you see, for those of us who treat a lot of golfers, you probably see more tennis elbow in golfers than golfer's elbow. Yeah. But long and short of it, repetitive overuse. Yeah. I mean, just to further on that, I, I changed my grip a little bit to a stronger right-hand grip and uh, I've never had golfer's elbow before, but uh, definitely this season, I felt it a little bit more. And uh it's just a little simple change, maybe a couple of degrees, and I, I could feel it big time. So it must be more of a flexion at the elbow um, from the wrist standpoint. Yep. Yeah. And and you get that loaded, you know, you get when you load the wrist in flexion or extension and you do it repetitively and you're gripping something, the, the tendons that uh, that attach at the elbow don't love that, especially when you turn 30, you know, 30 up. You yeah. Know, you know, you don't, you don't run into a lot of 20 year olds with, with those repetitive overuse issues. So in that sort of scenario, would you recommend just simply rest or would you go physical therapy, um, straps? What would you, what would you go there? I do it. I do it all. So, it all. so I wouldn't yeah. have to quit call, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I think, you know, that's, that's the thing where you start with the at-home stretches and you do some icing and some anti-inflammatories, you rest it. And, you know, the good news about those disorders and Trevor knows, and I know, and you guys probably know they tend to be self-limiting. So you yeah. kind of go until you can't go anymore and then you rest it and 
the good news is they tend not to have, for the most part, real serious consequences if you overdo it. And um, lots of different treatments we could always discuss, but it usually gets better over time. Yeah. So that brings up another question. You know, it's self-limiting, but if, if I take a bunch of ibuprofen and kind of power through my back and my wrist issues, am I hurting anything? <laughs> you know, the the loaded question, right? Because the, the, the use of uh, anti-inflammatories as we age goes directly uh, higher. Um, and, and you know, what I, what I try to tell my patients is probably the key is moderation. I think that's the best thing we can tell our patients. And then you got to watch, you know, do you have pre-existing conditions? You know, do you have a real sensitive stomach? Are you going to develop ulcer disease? Do you have a kidney issue that your doc or you maybe, you know, kind of don't, don't fully treat? Um, so I think you can, you know, at your guys' age, you guys are younger than I am. Okay. Yeah. You know, you guys can probably get away with it pretty safely. <laughs> um, you know, the, you know, the, the, the thing that to kind of tell your listeners is that, you know, you hit 50, 55 and up and you take daily NSAIDs like ibuprofen, the incidence of stomach issues, the incidence of potential kidney issues are going to go up. Um, so just check with your doc and make sure you're getting your, your annual checkup and your blood tests. And, you know, if I see you slamming like 10 ibuprofen on our abandoned trip, I'll know I'll I'll cut you off. So I've I've got about 15 years left till I get there. Yeah. Okay. So I read an interview from 2001 with, uh, Jack Nicholas and he was talking about Tiger Woods. And the question was, do you think Tiger has the potential to be the best? Uh, Is this, is this the best golfer we've ever seen? And this is quite a while back. And what Jack responded, he was quite upset. And one of the things he responded with, and number one is he asked, um, well, what about injuries? Tiger's a young guy. He hasn't had injuries. They will creep into your career. And he was really defensive in that point. Now, what was interesting is the very next year, Tiger goes on. He does get injured. And from there, we see a long list of injuries for Tiger. We see him with his ACL and with his back. So, Dr. Ballum, can you look at Tiger's career and talk about a little of his injuries and maybe how that relates to golfers and our listeners today. Yeah. I mean, his, you know, his comeback is, you guys know, is just, to me, it's remarkable given everything that guy's been through and just, uh, you know, whether you love him or don't love him, the, the, the dedication to get back from what he's gotten back from is shocking to me, quite frankly, especially the spine, you know, and again, I certainly can't speak to his individual case because I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I am, I'm, I'm not surprised a guy would like, like him and at his age when he tore his ACL would come back the way he did. But, you know, as you start to have spinal procedures and you start to move levels in the spine and then, you know, you think of who he's competing with right now, you know, the fact that he can, he can go out there and tee it up with the 21 year old guy who can, you know, bend over backwards and yoga poses and swing it as fast as, you know, somebody like Bryson does it you know, it, it does make you wonder, you know, the stronger these guys get, the more they're in the gym, will you start to see more overuse injuries and injuries that you didn't see in generations before them? And sure, you know, there's, I, you know, yeah, I'm a golf channel junkie and I listen to the non-physicians banter about it. And it's interesting to me because, you know, all I do is treat the aging athlete these days. And it's, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's remarkable how, the younger players have just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. And you wonder if that, you know, is the human body capable of withstanding the repetition with that strength? Um, you know, let's face it in Jack's day, you know, I can't comment, but I'm going to go out and guess that Jack wasn't 
in the squat rack nonstop and at the bench press, you know, all day long. So I, you know, it, it, that, that part really fascinates me from just a, you know, recovery standpoint. Yeah. Right. And in this piece I was reading about Jack, it talked about his major injury was his hip and he was using cortisone shots, uh, those injections, cortisone injections to get through the round and to get through future rounds until that was healed. And that's something we're not seeing today with that cortisone used as it once was. Yeah. Well, I got to give one to Trevor every time we go play our, uh, our, our matches. So I don't know about that one, but yeah, we're both, <laughs> we're falling apart all the time, but yeah, no, it is, it's true. And, and it's interesting. I'm sure you guys have talked about or read about, you know, the, the tendency to go more to platelet rich plasma injections for some of these overuse injuries. And we still use steroid. We use a lot of anti-inflammatories, um, tons of physical therapies. You guys know that, you know, the, the therapy truck follows the pro tour and the champions tour. I mean, that, that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, never existed until the last, what, 15, 20 years. So that's kind of a trade-off that Bryson's doing, right? Like he's he's trading off kind of maybe short-term success or what do you think your prediction is with Bryson and his distance gains that he's worked on so hard? Is that going to come to bite him in the next couple of years? Uh, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am like the, I, I'm fascinated by this whole science project. I, I mean, the, the guy is, you know, a, a sneaky genius, right? And so everything he does is, you know, driven by physics and science and I'm amazed at what he's done. I'm just, I would, you know, I think Brian, you, you're, you're alluding to something I think we'd all agree. And that is, I'm not convinced the human frame is designed to carry 30, 40, 50, 60 extra pounds and swing it as hard as they do, as much as they do and survive. Um, you know, I, I have to believe, you know, as much as I'm rooting for, I root for the guy. Cause I think it's awesome. Like that he's pushing limits that no one's tried. I just, I, I'm not sure it's compatible with the human body and yeah. what we're meant to do. He's got about four years, right? He's 25, 26. Yeah. So it gets to 30. It's going to all, it's all down. start going down. That's when I started <laughs> feeling gotcha. the back. Yep. Yeah. It's like gotcha. Justin, Tom, Justin Thomas and those guys. I mean, they're really like, torquing their hips. And I, I can't imagine those backs hanging out that long. Yeah. Even even well, Justin Thomas is not a big frame. You know, yeah. he, he, needs, yeah. he needs a lot of torque on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, over the COVID time, you know, I probably gained about 30 pounds. I was hoping I would get a little <laughs> bit more distance, but I don't know if I did the same thing that Bryson was doing. So mm. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't work for me. Didn't work but for me. you know what, don't you guys think, I mean, I was thinking about, I told my wife, I was joking. I was like, okay, seven protein shakes a day, honey, get ready. I'm putting on 15. And I mean, I got to believe every kid right now who has aspirations of making some type of tour, mini tour, you know, um, pro tour, I, I got to believe every kid is sitting there looking in the mirror going, I can put on 15, you know, I can, I can do this yeah. and they're going to start swinging longer drivers. And it, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it, it's going to be fascinating. And then will the injuries go up with it? I think they will. I mean, yeah. I think it's only a natural mm-hmm. progression. Are you starting to see some of those younger kids in our, in our town kind of show up and golf for golf injuries? I mean, we're talking like late high school, younger college age yeah. kids. Have you I, seen that yet? I mean, I, usually in our town, I see it because they went skiing okay. <laughs> in the winter and they ripped up their knees. And so I don't, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but it's got to be coming. I yeah. really think it will. Yeah. Right. So talking with our listeners, we have a lot of dads and moms and, you know, of course, that listen to the show. So their questions about injuries really were, what should I look out for with my kids and sports that they're playing you talk about overuse injuries and you talked about the young guys putting on the muscle. Is there a risk for kids with overuse and sports? 
Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think you guys grew up sort of probably, you know, even though you're a lot younger, you grew up the way I probably did. And that is you played as many sports as you could. You're outside all the time and you just didn't see the repetitive use injury, right? Because you were switching a sport every season. And, you know, the American Academy of Sports Medicine or the, you know, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons sort of, a, they, they sort of have some good position statements encouraging, or should I say discouraging, you know, single subspecialty sport at a really young age. And, and I get it, it, you know, it's hard as a parent, you, you know, you sort of, you start, you, you want to foster your kids energy in one sport and they're starting to get good. And you're like, Oh yeah, this is the ticket, yeah. you know? And, uh, but <laughs> I, I will say the kids that, um, you know, I just don't see many kids in my office with repetitive use injuries that play three different sports. You know, you know, you'll see it in two sports. You'll certainly see it in the one sport athlete. So I think my first advice would be, while the kids are still developing, while they're skeletally immature growing, I think if you can encourage diversity and different skill sets, uh, yet maybe at the cost of, yeah, maybe they won't get the division one scholarship, but yeah, they're, they're probably also not going to be in and out of the doctor's office all the time. And what's uh, skeletal mature, skeletally mature for like females and males typically averages? Oh, I, think. I know yeah. it's different for everybody. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's a great question. It's super, super variable, especially in males. Uh, yeah. You know, as you guys know, males will have real late growth spurts. So it's all over the map. But, you know, and generally you can say that year to two years after women get their first period, they're probably done growing for the most part. That's a pretty safe rule. Okay. And for guys... When they start to get, you know, underarm hair and the sex, secondary sex characteristics, you know, sort of pubic hair, that kind of stuff. I don't know if we can say that on the podcast, but the, <laughs> it's um, it's you know, they are, yeah, it's medical. Yeah. yeah. And so, but yeah. And, and, and so you can generally start to see, you know, their voice deepens, all the, all the characteristics. And then you, you would generally assume their larger growth spurts are going to be within the next two years and they're going to hit max growth. Um, but as you guys, we all have friends that like the guy that grew 12 inches in, you know, while he was in college. So, yeah. 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 Aaron had, uh, four, 14 armpit hairs in sixth grade. So that was, that was, that was, that was the guy he was dunking on everybody in eight foot baskets. He was wearing jorts too. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Dad. So if you're hearing what Dr. Ballum's saying, use diversification in sports, get your kids into multiple sports to really avoid those overuse injuries. And with my daughter, she's two. With my daughter, she has the knocked knees and the overpronation of the feet. And we've noticed it. We've noticed the difficulty walking and we've been to see several specialists. And it's been quite a journey working with doctors uh, with a two-year-old, which could be quite difficult as a parent taking her in and getting her seen by different specialists. And for parents, it's been difficult for myself and my wife to work with this because our two-year-old isn't really able to tell you what exactly hurts. So we have to rely on the specialist. And with the doctors, we're in there a lot, which takes quite a bit of work to do this. And we also have to rely on their advice and their physical therapy and the different pieces that they recommend. Uh, It's been a difficult journey as a parent. Yeah, that's, you know, I think when you, you know, as as a parent, you... All you want is your kids to be sort of happy and healthy. And so when you go through a process like you're going through, I think it's it's nerve wracking for anyone not in the medical field. If you're in the medical field, it's, you know, you almost feel like it's even worse. You're, you, you know, you're dangerous. So, you know, I, I think the good news and, and you guys have experienced this as parents. I got a 12 and a 13 year old basically here. 
um, you know, the best thing we can say, right, is kids are shockingly resilient. And unlike us old guys, they recover from injury. I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll operate on a 18 and under uh, and feel like my results are always way better than operating on the, the guy my age. So it's, um, I think we always have to, you know, have some reassurance and say, look, if, if anybody's going to do well with an injury or, you know, a developmental issue, kids are shockingly resilient, right? So that's, a, that's, you got that going for you. Yeah. Like you said, the only disadvantage I have is that my wife was never an athlete and I played multiple sports growing up. So while the overuse injury really isn't a factor for me, uh, my wife never really had any injuries. So she's becoming familiar with that. Uh, listening to the doctor, she never broke a bone. She never had any major injuries like I did as a kid. So it's been an interesting development for us in our journey as a parent. Um, I will say, and she listens, she's not really a candidate for overuse injuries because sports weren't really her thing. But for me, the injuries didn't come until I was much older. The shoulder and the back injuries, not until I was an adult at an upper age. So really interesting part and an interesting journey with golf and the injuries that have developed from it. Hey, can I jump in here with a random question? I, I guess it's, it's kind of shifting topics off of the uh, off of the kids and, and onto the adults. Um, I'll, I'll be the selfish guy tonight. Um, but but when I sleep, like I feel like I wake up and my body's just out of alignment. Are there anything? I mean, you know that that you would recommend. Um, maybe this is more of a physical therapist type of question, but um, like in your experience, um, how can we kind of you know, get rid of that like painful sleep. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's a loaded question, man. Um, you know, <laughs> Sorry, I think, man. <laughs> right? I, no, I mean, you know, what what did you do that day? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I, mean I, 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 you know, I, I think you know that's that's got so many different avenues you could really discuss, right? Like, I mean, there's what you happen to do leading up to the real painful thing. If it's a nightly thing. Then you start to say, hey, you know, do I need to get in and really get a PT or an orthopedic surgeon or even my primary care doc get a look at me? You know, because there's there's everything from something super minor, like, hey, your 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 spine is aging. Your I know this is depressing. I know. I'm sorry, but you know, the <laughs> you know, you're you're getting older and okay, that's part of the natural aging process versus, well, wait a second, you know, what if you do have you know, you guys all probably know Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson getting, you know, diagnosed what in his forties with psoriatic arthritis. So, you know, there's some treatable conditions. So I, I would say number one, in general, if you're taking care of yourself and you're starting with, you know, good, healthy diet and you're stretching and you're relatively flexible and your core is decent, that sleep, your wife needs to buy you a new mattress. <laughs> but in, and beyond that, I think that's where you say, wait a second, you know, I'm too, you guys are too young you know, to be sort of constantly in, you know, morning pain or nighttime pain. And it, I think that's a good, like, I got to check in with my doc, you know, some simple blood tests, rule out the weird things that pr you probably don't have. And then, then you probably, you're right. You probably do hit a physical therapist up and say, look, you know, give me a core program, give me a stretch program. I'm going to do this religiously for six weeks. And I bet, you know, I hurt less, my sleep's better. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think a lot of a lot of us dads are. You go, you sit, right? You guys do this. You're sitting in your kid's bed. You're scrunched up. You're the most uncomfortable mm -hmm. dad ever. You're reading the book. How many? I mean, we totally. all fall asleep in the yep. kid's bed. Yeah, it's awful. Yep. Yeah, it's how it torches. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think you know all that stuff contributes. And um, but yeah, I mean, I would encourage guys. You know, 
if you are in your 30s, 40s, and things just seem to be falling apart, a good initial eval with your primary care doc, doc talking about your symptoms, and just make sure you don't have you know any of these one-off sort of relatively rare problems. And mm-hmm. you know from that, once you once you kind of get that under control, you say, well, wait a second, you know, okay, yeah, I'm 32. I herniated my free, and I blew out my first disc when I was 32. Yeah, and you know, it, since then it's been a continuing battle of you take care of yourself, then you don't. But it, you know, you should be able to get some sleep. You need sleep, so you know, you're a guy that I'd probably be like, okay, we got to get you to a physical therapist, get some tests done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those sorts of, those sorts of things. And I think diet, and I'm not one to talk, Trevor's seen my diet. Um, <laughs> but I do think diet can be, you know, for some people, not me, but for some people can be a change in their diet really changes their musculoskeletal symptoms. And to qualify that his diet is garbage, but he does <laughs> run like 50 miles a week. So he's a very fit individual. <laughs> He, he can he can afford that he can afford well, that. right <laughs> sleep never <laughs> awesome yes right, there yeah. we go yeah. I forgot to disclose I do have uh, stock in the company yeah but to further that um, I got a question about that just to kind of for that so if you like say I get a back injury you know and I kind of always push through this a little bit I also have a little you know a little elbow injury it's like I push through it for a week you know usually if I rest you know for another couple of days it goes away but like i guess maybe what i want listeners might want to hear is like how long do you push through it before you actually go see somebody like you on say an elbow injury like a golf golfer's elbow or a back injury like that yeah i mean i think that's a an awesome question because i wish you could sort of i wish you know you could get this out there to all the athletes and say hey you know look in each joint i think is really different you know you You've yeah. done this with me for 15 years. For those of you guys who don't know, Trevor is an amazing sports medicine PA, so he knows more than I do. No, um, not quite. But you know the 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 issue becomes. I think you you know things. You, you should get things evaluated when you know if they are disrupting sleep, if they are painful, you know, 24 seven. I think those things, and if they're if they're part of an acute injury you know, I think those are things you do want to check out way sooner than later. You know, mm-hmm. the, the classic, you know, I'll give you guys an example. The classic bend injury is the, you know, the middle-aged guy like me goes out on a nice January morning, it's icy out. And in our lovely Ugg slippers or something, we eat it on the, on the blacktop and land on our shoulder and we say, ouch. And then that night we have a hard time lifting our arm, but we say, I'm going to tough it out. And then before you know it, Three months goes by, it's not getting better. You see the doc, doc gets an MRI. Now you got a big rotator cuff tear that probably should have been fixed two months ago. Mm-hmm. So I think those things that are an acute injury, I would just say general rule of thumb, an acute injury that doesn't get better real quick, almost back to normal, good thing to get checked out. Okay. I think the overuse stuff that you would first say, I'll rest it, I'll ice it, I'll, uh, I won't play 36 three days in a row like you boys do. Um, I think those are the those are the things you can sit on longer. Okay, dads. So first thing, as Dr. Bollum said, work on your flexibility, work on that core strength. And if you have an injury affecting your sleep, then you need to get that checked. And switching it up, I watched the story of Alex Smith. There was an E60 on his injury, and it was an acute injury, as you talked about. And I appreciated the story for several reasons. One, I'm a 49er fan, so I watched the majority of Alex's career. And then when he went to the Chiefs, I rooted for him. And when he went to the Redskins, I still rooted for him. Hey, hey, that, that, by the way, that would be the Washington football team. 
for yes. for you. Yes. <laughs> Good Let call out. Oh, you are right. You are right. It is the Washington football team. Right. So in that special, it's November 2018. Alex Smith gets sacked and he it results in that compound fracture in his leg, which ultimately leads to an infection. And it, it becomes a, a really great story on Alex's recovery. He has that infection in the leg and the bacteria. And ultimately, it takes eight debridements to remove that infection and save his leg. And there are some great moments in there as a football player, as an athlete, and as a dad. Really, the takeaways for me, first of all, was how they saved his leg. Truly amazing. And he goes on to play in a game. And by the time this is released, he does make his comeback and play in a full game. And the second piece is as a dad, he sits there and wants to complete this recovery for his kids to show his kids he can come over anything. He can he can overcome any obstacle. And there's a moment he's talking to his wife and he says, do you know how many people would trade places with me? And that moment was just epic for me as a dad, as a parent, as a former athlete. I loved that mindset that he took on with his wife, looking back through one of the uh, one of the worst injuries we've seen and one of the biggest comebacks. Did you guys catch that special on E60? Yeah, I, I watched it. Gosh, a long you know, right when it first came out, I caught it, watched it with my wife, and I I don't know how you guys thought about this. I think Treb and I had this conversation where I was really convinced, and you're you're an Alex Smith 49ers, Washington team guy. I was fully convinced when I kept hearing he's making a comeback that it was going to be the ceremony like, hey, he'll sign a contract and he'll walk out. Everybody will sit down on the field and that was going to be the heartwarming story. Um, I, I'm I'm still amazed by that that thing. And I, I will say, I in, in all honesty, I think if that injury happens to most of us, we lose our leg. Um, and so it's a testament to him and his surgeons and the, the team around him. And then his family to support what that would take. Um, I, I found that amazing. I, I will say I have a hard time. I can't, I couldn't watch him now. Like I, I watched what he came back from. I saw the injury. I, I wrestle with a lot of us do in orthopedics, I think wrestle with the decision to come all the way back and then kind of put yourself in that situation. Um, I admire it. I just, I don't think I know I wouldn't have that. You know, that guy is way tougher than I am and way. And, and you know, again, he that shows his pat. I mean, you know, that is a lot of passion to play that game. Yeah. Was it uh, yeah. Theisman who had the same injury? Was it who was it? Uh, and Theisman. Theisman. And yeah. I, you know, I, it's the same actually date. It was November yeah, right? 18th. Date. Yeah. It was kind of crazy, but yeah. it just you know, 30 years later. Yeah. Or whatever, 40 just years to show you how old I was. I watched that live on Monday Night Football. Really? Yeah. I think it was Monday Night Game. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. I'm a Packer fan, so I just got three strikes. So there you go. Uh huh. Yep. All right. I'm done. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we got we got we got no Taco Bell, no beer warm up, and a Packers oh, yeah. fan. All right. That's me. Yeah. And now we've seen Dak have a compound fracture on his ankle as well. I mean, Alex had the infection, so we can't say Dak will have the similar path. But I watched that, and I see Alex say, "You know, who would switch places with me?" Or you know, how many guys would want to. Uh, Alex, I don't know if I would switch places with you, buddy. I love you, but I don't think I'd rather go through that route. Yeah, I'm with you. Watching him now makes me makes me just cringe. I mean, just watching those those big defensive linemen jump on top of his back and him trying to move around, uh, it makes me nervous every time. So, yeah, it's hard to watch him. Dr. Ballum, we really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to our listeners about injuries, especially with the 
aging injuries and what they're at risk for and our younger kids and teenagers and the overuse injuries we talked about. Is there anywhere they can go to follow you or follow up more information with sports injury questions? I mean, not not so much maybe for me, but I do think, you know, for our listeners out there, the probably like there's a lot of stuff out there on the internet. I would really encourage folks if they start to go south with an injury, you know, go to go to reputable, you know, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons has a wealth of information on their website. It's legit. It's you can find good surgeons through it. And I do think it's it's real good idea for patients when they start to get maybe bogged down with an injury to to seek out care locally with I always say, you know, ask around, find out who the, you know, the best person in your guys's neck of the woods is and odds are somebody on the driving range has probably had good luck with a local orthopedic surgeon who's maybe sports minded or golf minded and I I do think it helps to if you play a lot of sports it helps you understand your patients and I think you have an appreciation for what they're going through so it's it's uh I would say look for look for a doc that can can empathize and sympathize thank you Dr. Ballum for coming on the show we had a great time Love having you. You're always welcome to join us again. You just listen for free. Now here's the deal. Go to our website at birdiedads.com and join us. You will get our golf starters guide and our golf coloring book for kids free right now by signing up. It just takes an email. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.